Hi, I'm Madonna. I'm your worst nightmare. To rule the world. Why don't you show them what you do, honey? You've never had more fun with anyone else. People, people, we gotta move on to the next song. Right? Somewhere I'm sweet between. and I'm a bitch, you know what I mean? And that's always been the way it is. I'm, I'm a human being. <laughs> I'm waiting. Hi, this is Marlene Ortiz, and you're listening to MLVC, the Madonna Podcast. Hey guys, it's Tony. Welcome to MLVC. And hey everybody, it's Stefan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna, Louise, Veronica, Ciccone. We are very happy to welcome a special guest on the podcast today, dancer, aerialist, choreographer, and Madonna's very own personal trainer, Marlene Ortiz. Marlene, Hi. welcome to the show. Thank you. Yay. Thank hey, Marlene. How are you? Oh, I'm it's our good. pleasure. I'm good. I'm I'm a little sweaty right now, but I'm good. <laughs> how, is, uh, how is LA these days? It's crazy. The, it's there's hot. wildfires. It's there's mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, this record temperatures, the pandemic. It's uh it's crazy days. Everything's chaotic. But no, it's all good. I'm 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 grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful. Good, yeah. So. And and you know, you we we noticed that you had a bit of a holiday last weekend, you know, so I'm glad that you were able to get away. Yeah, it was nice. It was Jamaica, man. Yeah, <laughs> and to celebrate our, our, our queen's birthday. I, uh, yeah. I, I had heard that she was going to be in Jamaica and I, I hopped on the, uh, the F train out to Jamaica, Queens, thinking that that's where the celebration would be. And, uh, Stop it. <laughs> to, to my surprise, she was not there. No, she was not there. She was not getting on no train. Uh, no, it was, really, it was really beautiful. It was very chill, obviously. You know, it's, we're in COVID, yeah. so there wasn't a lot of crazy things going on. It was nice and chill and peaceful and beautiful beaches and, you know, hot, sweaty weather. It was, it was good. And you got a haircut. I chopped my hair off. Yeah, Andy Lacombe, mm-hmm. the amazing looks, Andy Lacombe. Looks beautiful. <laughs> Cut my hair. Yeah. Yeah, it looks beautiful. I loved it. Thank I was like, you. When, you, when you when you premiered it on your Instagram, I was like, oh, look at her. Well, I first um, I cut it. I cut it in London, like a little bit, like shoulder length, and then I and then Andy was like, let's go a little shorter, and I was like, okay, let's go shorter. So he just chopped it off in Jamaica. It was great. It nice. looks really good, but I have to make a confession. I was actually looking at all the food you guys were eating over there because it looked amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of jerk chicken wings, honey. A lot of jerk chicken uh-huh. wings. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I also saw that you recently purchased some dance shoes. And I got to say, bless your heart for being able to dance in heels. Oh, honey, thank you. But my back was hurting after just trying them on. So yeah, I'm going, <laughs> so I bought, there's this really great uh, dance heel company um, here in LA. A lot of dancers use it. Jennifer Lopez uses their shoes. Brittany, like a lot of celebrities, but mm-hmm. the shoes are really great. And um, they're just comfortable enough where you feel stable on stage. So I'm going to start doing online dance uh, classes. Um, oh, nice. like short little like clips of dance choreography, um, where, you know, people or fans can learn certain types of choreography, heels class. Um, so I, you know, I was like, okay, all of my stuff is basically in storage. So I basically had to like go and buy myself new pairs of shoes, but it was fun. So, well, yeah, cause I, I assume, <laughs> I assume dancing in heels is a completely different experience than dancing in like flats. Sneakers. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's harder. <laughs> you have to do more balance. It's tougher on your body, on your back, on your calves, on your toes. I mean, it's a whole. It's torture, but it's worth it sometimes. It looks. Yeah. It looks good. Mm-hmm. You gotta. You gotta suffer for the art sometimes. Yeah. All right, you guys. Before we get any. You know, before we get carried away, uh, I would love to introduce Marlene, you know. Properly. Properly. Yes, oh. that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> so um, I wanted to give our listeners a bit of background on Marlene Ortiz. She was born in Puerto Rico, and now she's a native New Yorker living in Los Angeles. There's mm-hmm. lots, of, out, lots of people out there like that. Uh, Marlene mm-hmm. has excelled as a dancer, aerialist, choreographer on stage, television, print. Her credits include world tours of Taylor Swift, Black Eyed Peas, Usher, Jennifer Lopez, Britney Spears, Mariah Carey, of course, Madonna. She's appeared on Broadway and off-Broadway productions, including the Disney production of Tarzan, which I saw, and people were flying. Uh, Delaguarda. <laughs> Delaguarda and Fuerza Bruta, which I also saw, and people yes, were I've also seen those. flying. Those, those were crazy shows. Amazing yeah. shows. Yeah. yeah, she choreographed John Leguizamo in his one-man Broadway show, Ghetto Clown, and she's also shared her skills and experience teaching and choreographing dance workshops all over the world and virtually as of the last couple months. Mm-hmm. And I also Welcome. have my... Thank you. But wait, you forgot one important thing. Um, oh. I don't think it's on my bio. I should add that. But it's, uh, you know, I, I created and produced my own burlesque show called Bon Bon Burlesque. Yes, so I girl, have- I got it. Yeah, I, I got it down. It, oh, okay. I was going to bring it up and make a whole new uh, thread of questions about it. But yeah, oh, okay, no, because okay, I'm okay. a big, I'm a big burlesque fan. So I've got some questions for you. So. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah. So well, so you've been a trained dancer for twenty years, dancing for some of really huge yeah. names in the music industry. What led you to become a dancer? Um. So I um when I was in. Uh, when I was like 11, 12 years old, I always wanted to like do something and perform. I was, I wanted to be a gymnast when I was a kid, but that wasn't going to happen. My parents had no money. And, um, and then when I was around 10 years old, I, I, I had this, I wanted to like perform, like my body wanted to like do something. I had energy and Mm I, I, um, I started, I met a kid, Anthony Rodriguez, which you guys probably know he did drum world tour. He was the flamenco dancer. Oh, yes. oh yeah, yes. yeah. Anthony and I grew up together. He's my best friend. And, oh wow. Yeah. So Anthony and I w- went to the same church in the Bronx. And one thing led to the other. He was he was already performing as a kid. Um, he went to dance schools from the age of five years old. So by the time we were 12, um, I met him in church. And he used to put on these productions in church because his father was a deacon. And one day I was there and like we were there was an event and he saw me dancing and he basically just like took me under his wing and we became best friends. And he started to like do all these little performances in church and would include me. And I, that was like my introduction to dance through Anthony. He was my Mm -hmm. mentor and guided me and taught me things that I didn't know because I couldn't go out. My parents had no money. They were super strict. So there was no going to a dance school. Like there was, that was not really well, they're, they're expensive. Classes are expensive. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I eventually joined Kids Bay Boys and Girls Club, which was also in the Bronx, which is where I, Jennifer Lopez went as well. It's like the same mm-hmm. area. Uh, so, but prior to that, Anthony just kind of taught me everything and guided me and, and inspired me to be a dancer and made me feel like I could do this. And, um, and then I decided 
that's what I wanted to do. I went to high school for dance. I went to Julia Richmond High School in Manhattan. And, and then I went to SUNY Purchase. Uh, it's a performing arts university in New York. Mm-hmm. For dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the Graham School, the Martha Graham School. And then, I, um, and then I got my other house urban training, just being at the clubs in New York, Sound Factory, Limelight, all that stuff. You know, like uh, I did the, the, good, the good old days. The good old days, exactly. <laughs> so, I, so, so that's kind of like how everything started in church with Anthony. And, and what was really wonderful is that we inspired, it was like a group of teenage kids who just inspired each other to like be better and dance mm-hmm. and be in the arts. Um, and through that, through those years, you know, we, I learned how to dance to Madonna's music. Like I learned how to dance to all of that. That was like the nineties for me. I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. So to then later on be able to actually be on tour with her and with my best friend, Anthony was like, you can't like, how does that happen? It was like a mm-hmm. miracle. <laughs> so no, it's true. Like your best friend that taught you how to dance to all of Madonna's music and inspired you. Eventually, you two end up going on tour with her. That doesn't happen <laughs> every fucking day. Yeah. So no. it was definitely like a blessing, and like the universe just literally like just took care of us. And I'm very grateful for him and for all the experiences. But that's basically how my I started dancing church wow. <laughs> so as we mentioned in your bio you were in de la guarda and fuerza bruta which i've mm-hmm. def- like with tony both saw in new york city as well those are amazing inspiring shows amazing how did you make a transition because that's not classic dancing that's no, like no, no, no. acrobatics and gymnastics and what how did you transition from dancing to that and what was like what was the training or rehearsal process for those because they're like up in the air yeah, yeah talk about so, multitasking so um I was, a, I mean, De La Guarda, first it was De La Guarda was the first show. De La Guarda was a show created by these Argentinian performers. And mm-hmm. it was half of them were dancers and half, half of them were actors. There were no gymnasts. So De La Guarda is a very like, phys- it's, a, it's physical theater. So it's like the raw version of what a Cirque du Soleil show would be. Um, mm-hmm. it's a, so you don't, you needed to be able to move your body and be physical uh, not flip or anything. So, you know, we were trained. We came in. But what you needed in order to do De La Guarda for Sabuta was to be fearless. And you needed to have energy. And it was about your personality and fire. Um, so it didn't matter if you were a gymnast or not. Um, most of the people that were in the show were dancers. Um, so I just auditioned. And I just, like, showed off my personality. My, I, remember my, I remember my first audition. I had to, like, they put a harness on me. And I had to run up and down the wall. And I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, you're going to be sideways. And I was like, oh, okay. But you have to understand that dancers can adapt really easily to any kind of physical activity. So for me, it wasn't that it was difficult. It was different. Um, So Mm -hmm. what that show did for me, it literally enhanced and changed my life. So I wasn't just a dancer trained dancer, I became an aerialist. I became this like um, physical aerial uh, creature, you know, and mm-hmm. it also allowed me to be very open and uh, it allowed you the freedom to express yourself, right? So De La Guarda was, I'm sure you guys, whoever saw it, you yeah. know, you interact with the audience. You're there to create an experience for the audience. We weren't trained to do that. They hired you based on your personality because you have something to offer 
you know? So mm. that the, the, what was wonderful about that show is that you could improvise. Yes, there's a structure to the show. Okay, you go from this section to that section. This is how we do this step and that step. Um, but within that, it was just complete freedom of expression. And that was, I have to say, it's probably one of the best shows I've done in my entire life. The LaGuardia mm, yeah. changed my life. The LaGuardia, it was a, as a, as a attendee, it was a life-changing experience for yeah. me. I was, I had never sort of been immersed in a theater show in quite the, that way. And it was so like all encompassing that, you know, mm-hmm. cause the, yeah, people were moving you around from different corner to different corner. And, you know, like it was happening around you, above you, like next it was to real you. immersive. It was the beginning of mm-hmm. immersive theater. It was mm-hmm. immersive yeah. physical theater. And, um, that wasn't happening. I think, I mean, eventually it blew up later on with other companies and other groups, but like the LaGuardia was really like the starter of that. And so imagine what you felt. Cause I know people that have gone to the show five, six times. They went back. It was a natural. Oh yeah. Time. So imagine yeah. you seeing it. Imagine us being in it. It was yeah, like oh, a I... natural ecstasy. It was like you were high on life. The minute the lights went out, and, the, and, and then the sounds would start. It was like an outer body experience mm-hmm. from beginning to end. The show was only an hour long. Yeah. But it, within that hour, you gave all of yourself, all of yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, they were, you know, I've never been so happy. Like there were days where I, would, I was like exhausted. We were doing eight shows a week. And my body, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. I, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. How I'm going to get through the show today? <laughs> and the minute you put on that harness, you get ready, you come together as a company. You know, we would always come together in, in, the, in the dressing room, hold hands, and mm-hmm. do like a, a, a chant, a Namyo Harengekyo chant, the oh, entire yeah. company. And we would, that was our moment to come together, get our thoughts in the circle focus on what we're about to do and what we're about, what kind of experience we're about to give the audience. But also mm-hmm. it allowed us to connect to ourselves, to our track, what we were going to do in the show and be safe. Because the thing with that, it looks all wild and crazy, but we had to be so careful. I mean, yeah, you could die. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. didn't clip in properly. If you didn't do certain things properly, you could really get injured. So, um, not only was it a way to be completely free and express yourself, but it was also a way to be so connected and focused. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was there was no time for error. Um, so, Marlene, how did you make the? How was the transition from De La Guarda to Fuerza Bruta? Because they're similar, but they're also complete polar opposites. You know, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't that that big of a difference. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the cool thing that happened after De La Guarda is that I kept. I was, you know, still dancing. After that, I, I would do dance jobs and go back to De La Guarda, then do dance jobs and go back. So, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't stop. They both supported each other. You know, they made me stronger. You know, the yeah. elements of De La Guarda, the freedom that I had on that platform allowed me to give more in my dance career and, and vice versa. So, mm-hmm. um, so when I went from, I actually went from Tarzan, which was bungee work, which, so mm-hmm. the, the two creators of De La Guarda, Dickie James and Pichon, um, they split. Pichon went on to do Tarzan. Dickie James went on to do Forza Bruta. So there were mm. so there were two different shows. So I got hired to hey. do Tar- Tarzan. I got hired to do both. Hi, yes. 
hello. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, very grateful for that. Um, so I did Tarzan and with bungee work and physical theater, but also, you know, kind of singing and dancing and a, a little yeah. bit of everything. So my transition from Tarzan to Fuerza wasn't that hard. It just went from right. bungee harness work to more aerial work. And yeah. it, it, it wasn't a big change. It was fine. Um, so Fuerza Bruta was insane. I always felt like you guys were going to fall on me. And <laughs> oh yeah, in the mile, in the pool. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. There is, no, there is nothing more satisfying than mm-hmm. running and throwing your body on that plastic mylar. I mean, I can't oh explain god. it. It's just amazing. Did you ever go to? Yeah, gay I, thought, I, yeah. I thought you were coming. Th- I think I was there for gay night. Yes, mm-hmm. I think it was like, <laughs> oh, it was boys' night or something. Boys' night. Yeah, yeah. It was like one girl yeah. and three boys. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it was hot. I gotta basically say, it was, gang uh, rape. it was basically a gang rape. No, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not really, but no, yeah. yeah. So, so the, yeah, Forza Buta was amazing, but the, the transition wasn't a big. It wasn't that big of a difference, really. I was already Mike. I had already been doing so much at that point, and mm-hmm. it just—it was just second nature for me. I didn't think about it. You know, it was just like, oh, okay, now we're running on treadmills. Okay, oh, this time we're going to be in a pool. Um, all right, let me. I, I didn't see you it. Took it as, as they like, threw it at you. Yeah, and they threw it at me. I was like, I got this. I got this. Let's go. You know, <laughs> I wasn't intimidated okay. by it. You know, I was. I just wanted to conquer it and show that I could do it. And also, the directors already knew that I could do it, so I just had to, you know, stand out mm-hmm. more than everyone else to make sure I booked the job. Well, speaking of standing out, uh, I want to hear about your burlesque project called Bonbon Burlesque. I'm a big fan of burlesque, um, you know, even before Pussycat Dolls in the early 90s, you know, just like there's this whole art form. And Mm -hmm. I want to know, um, you know, you have so many different disciplines, uh, you know, as as an athlete, as a dancer, uh, as a performer, as an actress. So how did this all come together? And and what is the message that you want to send out with Bumble Burlesque? And what can we expect when we see the show? Okay. Um, you might have to remind me of some of the questions. It's like three questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'll tell you how it all kind of... So I used to work... When I, when I moved to LA and I was working as a dancer, on my mm-hmm. in-between time when I was just going on castings and auditions and stuff like that, or when I came back from the tour, I started working at 40 Deuce. Ivan Kane's 40 Deuce. Right. Like That's where... PCD started as a burlesque troupe, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I started. Uh, no, no. I think they did Pussycat Dolls did their own thing. Pussycat Dolls was Pussycat Dolls. It was separate. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So okay, I understand. Was that. a little bit different. They had similar. They were basically they were coming up at the same time. Um, got Ivan, it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. So Ivan Kane had he owned several bars in LA. So one of his bars he turned it into like a cabaret burlesque bar. And I would work there like a few times during the week when I would be in town um, Hmm. or I was sub. So it was kind of like a fun part-time little gig. And that's how I started to just, you know, get myself really, I was really comfortable in my body, but that allowed me to be a little bit more open um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and be more uh, feminine or sexy, embody my femininity, you know? So Sensual. Be sensual, exact sex. Yeah, sensual, <laughs> tasteful, and a slut. I'm kidding. No, mm. and um, <laughs> a, a sensual slut. So, 
yeah, so I kind of did that on and off, and it was fun. And then when I, years later, when I moved back to New York to work with, with Madonna, uh, just as a trainer and Hard Candy Fitness, I realized that I was not going to be able to go on. I was not going on castings anymore. This was becoming more of my full-time job, right? Yeah. It was like my transition. And so I, on the, a few times out of the week, I would sub in Forza Bruta because I left Forza Bruta to go on tour with Black Eyed Peas. And then I, w- I came back to the show just as a sub. So when I went back to New York, I was doing Forza Bruta and I was working with Madonna. So it was just like I was still performing, right, keeping that part mm-hmm. of myself alive while doing fitness. And one day my friend was like, hey, I have a, a party Saturday night. I need an, a performance. Like, can you do something? And I was like, oh, yeah, I could do burlesque or something, you know, something easy and quick. So it literally was just like out of nowhere. I was like, you know what? Why don't I just start doing more burlesque and start like recreating a brand here for myself? So that's when me and my one of my best friends, um, Manny Emmanuel Hernandez, we decided to do Bonbon Burlesque. Um, mm-hmm. And it just, it came out of the need to perform, the desire to continue performing. So I didn't want to stop dancing and performing and doing what I love to do, um, you know, for just for fitness, you know? Um, even though I love fitness and I love exercising, but my passion is always, I'm an artist, you know? So I, I basically decided to do Bonbon Burlesque and I hired like professional dancers and I started, my friend and I started to like choreograph and put together shows and, you know, network and try to get venues and produce and make costumes and bedazzle this and glue on that. Mm-hmm. And so this, it became a whole production. Fire up that hot glue gun. Honey, no, that, that's, what, I, I that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Um, that What? No, no, was, uh, that what I was going to bring up is that, you know, two of the most important things in a burlesque show are the costumes and the music um, that you present because it always has to be different. You can't repeat yourself in burlesque. Otherwise, people will call you out on it, right? Yeah. Well, the thing was in New York that I, what I wanted to do different in New York is that I didn't want to do our typical burlesque. Like, I didn't want to do like, okay, just I take off my clothes and I, I look sexy. No, I wanted it to be more cabaret kind of I'm inspired by what I did in 40 Deuce. Like Ivan Kane only hired yeah. professional dancers. So I mm-hmm. only wanted professional dancers. I didn't want, I didn't want just a girl that likes to take off her clothes who has a nice body. No, that's not enough for me mm-hmm. because what I want to incorporate is choreography, elements of choreography, elements of like theater. Um, and at the same time, everyone gets a solo and gets to present themselves and their personality. So, yes. you know, we had to come up with like a, a, a layout, a plan what kind of show we were going to put on. And for me, the focus was to, uh, you know, obviously have clean line, talented dancers that had amazing personality, but at the same time, keep it very tasteful. I didn't want it to be just, um, you know, some girl taking off her clothes and her titties are out. Like I didn't want that. No, I wanted to have, (laughs) yeah, no, I wanted it to be a little bit classier. Um, and, and I wanted to celebrate the woman's body and the personality and, 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 you know, being sexy doesn't mean it's dirty being, mm-hmm. you no. know, showing your ass, your tits, shaking your body. is not necessarily like, it shouldn't be looked 
as like a negative thing. So that was kind of like our main focus. And what I realized with that was that I had all these friends that needed it in their life. It became like a need. Like women needed to feel empowered. Women needed to feel connected to their bodies again. And I, I have a lot of friends in, in the, you know, who are singers and dancers. And I would, there were friends that would message me like, hey, let me know if you ever need anyone for the show. And I realized that they needed me as much as I needed them. You know, mm-hmm. like well, I have a friend that went through, two friends who went through some, through some serious breakups and they were feeling very insecure. One was a singer one was a dancer. I put him in the show. And what came out of them was amazing. The fire, the freedom that they they got out of just like accepting their bodies and performing was out of control. So I realized that it wasn't just about putting on a show. It was this was this was something that empowered us, that kept us um, lifted um, and made us feel positive about ourselves, especially, you know, when during hard times. Um, so yeah. I love that my show was able to do that for a lot of my friends. Um, and, you know, producing is a pain in the fucking ass sometimes. So yeah. <laughs> dancers, I can't do this. I can't do that. Oh, I can't do that show. It's, it's it a hustle. Dramatic. It was dramatic. And, you know, right now, obviously we can't do it because of COVID, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's still there. It's still there. I, I love it. It's, it's, it's an extension of myself. I would love to make it a bigger production, you know, incorporate aerial and other things, but I need like, you know, an investor for that in a theater. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it it was kind of very like dance, crazy horse inspired. Oh, I love that. that, You know? Well, I, I for one can't wait to see Bum Bum Burlesque live when we are all allowed to see it. Get back out there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Follow me on Instagram, Bum Bum Burlesque. Hello. Mm -hmm. Okay, Marlene. Um, I am a a proud Latino and I am obsessed with seeing myself represented, you know, visually, musically, you know, in all kinds of performance. And I think it's so important that we, you know, show our, you know, our people that, you know, we are out there and we're not going anywhere. So tell Mm -hmm. me, how important is it for you to, you know, put some of yourself and, you know, your, you know, just, you know, what makes us Latin, you know, into your work as far as like choreography and, you know, have you... Well, for instance, for Bobo Burlesque, I do... We're we're a very Latin inspired show. A lot of we have a lot of choreography pieces that are Latin wow. music. Like we'll have Fever by La Lupe. La Lupe, um, yes. yes. <laughs> I'll have like my solos. I have solos, Latin solos. So I do um, Oye Como Va. I do Lavo, Kelio. So I I do a blend of music like slow to fast, and I do I, I like to incorporate Latin rhythms because. One, that's going to make my show different from everybody else's. So, exactly. Two, I'm Latina, so I want to, I want to, um, you know, live in that. I am grateful mm-hmm. for having, for being born a Latina. I'm grateful for having culture. I'm grateful for um, all of the things that come with it, you know. And I think, mm-hmm. I think being in the arts and being and having this platform, I, I want to celebrate it in yeah. whatever way I can. Um, yeah. So 
So I, I mean, I've never, I've never seen or heard of a burlesque troupe that, you know, had a Latin edge to it. So this mm-hmm. is already, you know, very mm-hmm. unique and very exciting. Yeah. And, you know, uh, have you been able to perform in Puerto Rico or other parts of Latin America? No, and... I, didn't, I haven't been able to perform. Oh, I think I did perform in Puerto Rico once, like years ago. I forgot. I think it was a mm-hmm. real Toria. I, I don't even know when. But no, <laughs> I, in Puerto Rico, not really. Um, because especially the last, the Rebel Heart Tour, I wasn't dancing on it. So I didn't, and we went to Puerto Rico. Right. No, uh, I was just training. Um no, I mean, Latin, other Latin American countries, yeah. Like, I've done um, shows in uh, Colombia. We've done shows in Brazil. Uh, we've done shows in, where else do we go? Uh, uh, Chile. Mm-hmm. Um, Argentina. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, there's I definitely that- a different type of energy with Latinos. And also, like, in Spain. Um I mean, because you know how important it is, you know, because I, you know, I grew up in Texas and in the 80s and 90s, and I didn't really see myself represented on stage mm-hmm. or on TV, you know, so it, I think it's so important for, you know, Latin boys and girls to look up on stage and see themselves and see the possibility that's out there, you know, and yeah. and there's nothing, there's nothing stopping us, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's been changing for a while now, but it's still not enough, you know? Not um, enough, yeah. But I mean, I think it's also everyone's, every Latino's responsibility. But that, mm-hmm. it depends on how you were raised, like to be grateful or proud or to, to be, to um, uh, promote that. But if yeah. you're raised in a household yeah. that didn't teach you Spanish and, you know, you don't really know who you are and you're super Americanized, you're not going to really support that, even though your na- last name is Garcia. So exactly. So right? like that confusion. <laughs> You can't blame them for not doing it. Mm -mm. It's like, well, I didn't grow up like that. So what do you want me to represent? You know? So there's (laughs) that other side to it. No, it's true. It's fucked up. It is true. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you know, like growing up in Texas, there were people that looked exactly like me and they wouldn't speak a word of Spanish and, or even acknowledge, you know, the culture. And, and, you know, I move up to New York and everyone is just so Latino and I just love it so much, yeah. you know, there's none, of, there's none of that, you know, self Oh, uh, New York, and, yeah, there's none of, New York yeah. is a different ball game and you kind of have yeah, to. So, yeah, and, you know, and, and to a certain degree too, also Los Angeles, is, you know, it's a different, it's a different sensibility, but, you know, it's still, you know, we still have a big presence out there and I think it's, it's important for, for kids to see this in art and to see it in, in, in culture. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, Marlene, how did you make the transition from dancer to fitness trainer? I mean, obviously the work you're doing in some of the shows are you're going to have to be fit, but how did you start taking on teaching other people how to be fit and training people? Well, I got a call from Madonna's manager and they were looking for other people to come and join Heart Candy Fitness and um, they needed another trainer. At the time, I believe Nicole was still Nicole was still training mm-hmm. Madonna and they, she usually has two trainers with her. So um, they called me, they were like, what are you doing? Are you touring? Are you working right now? And I had just finished the Taylor Swift tour speak now. And I was just back in LA going on castings, trying to figure out the next gig. And they called me and I said, yeah, sure. I'll give it a go. And I went to New York and, you know, I worked out with with M for like 
a week. And then we did some hard candy stuff. And then they were like, yeah, I, I want you to come on. I was like, great. So I just basically mm-hmm. relocated, moved to New York, back home, because New York is home for me. So it wasn't a big yeah. transition. Um, and I've been there ever since. <laughs> and that's what, that was yeah. my transition, literally. And then from there, yeah. I just started training other people. I was still performing, like I said, with Forza Bruta and Beaumont Burlesque and creating my own. I had my own night. Because during my, my days, I wasn't able to really do much, go on castings, but my evenings became my performance space. Um, so, and then from there, you know, started training other people. I worked at, I worked um, for Soul Cycle for like five minutes. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's kind of like how everything just shifted. Yeah, I was disappointed we didn't get a hard candy fitness in New York. I know the, the fitness industry is a very competitive beast, but yeah. I, I had gone to Italy yeah. and passed by the one that they had in Rome. And I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, it's Hard Candy Fitness. I know. I kind of wish it would have done. I think Hard Candy would have done well in New York. I don't know why, but yeah, it's done. Well, I had taken, so I was ecstatic when they brought the Hard Candy Fitness classes to Broadway Dance Center back in 2015. And loved them. I was so happy that they were a mixture of like high intensity workouts with choreography as well. Yeah. So it was like you did like half an hour of like warm up and then you would do the choreography. And I'm like those classes would kick my ass and I was Yeah, cuz we um, the stamina. It's crazy. Yeah, what part did you have in bringing helping bring those classes to life? Was that part of what you were doing when you were brought on? We we were brought on, we were yeah, we were start we were creating master classes, chore- like dance cardio classes for the gym. Um, there was a team of like four people and we would work together and, you know, come up with new choreography, film it, tape it, and then it would get launched out to all the gyms so they could start teaching it in their dance cardio classes. And then we would go out and train, um, uh, the instructors in whatever, uh, modality or dance cardio was going to be taught. So that's that. So we were like the core team that was like attached to M that then mm-hmm. went out mm-hmm. and spread, spread their energy to the gyms. That's kind of like how it was. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And they're still around, right? The hard candy fitness gyms are still around. Uh, not all of them. I think maybe Mexico or so. I don't really know. I, to be honest, no, it's kind of all just died out. Hmm. Yeah. So it's not really, I think some gyms might still be open, but you know, we're we're no longer like working along with them like that. Gotcha. Yeah. So you've trained one of the most legendary pop artists in the world. How Mm. has Madonna's work ethic helped inspire you in your training career? Um, Basically she's, you know what I've learned, I've learned from her. I've, I've learned to really pay attention to, details um because mm. she's all about details um i've always been motivated i've always had a hustle behind me like i that, that the hustle energy has always been part of me yeah. um and i think one of the reasons why i respect her so much and look up to her is because she has that same drive so mm-hmm. she's a constant reminder of that um and you know she 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 works hard, you know. 
as an artist, when she has an idea, when she wants to do something, she really, really goes a hundred percent. And it was funny when I was creating Bon Bon Burlesque and I was like rehearsing with the dancers and, you know, creating the costumes and, you know, teaching them how to, like, I had to train these girls how to do burlesque. You know, we would have burlesque rehearsals. Like, I had to teach them how to take off their clothes. Because a lot of them were, you could dance, but, you know, stripping is a whole different thing. You have Mm -hmm. to be essential. You have to tease. Like, learning how to tease is a whole other thing. So, and learning how to tease to music, timing, tempo. So I realized when I was doing that, I kept, I kept going back to like all of my years in my career, you know, all the things that I learned as a dancer and performer in theater. And then I also remembered, you know, how M it was. And I kept thinking back to all the details. No, 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 no. Do it like this. It, it, you know, my experiences and watching her work gave me just educated me a little bit more on how I wanted things. But it's funny because I didn't even catch myself in the moment. I realized that mm-hmm. I was like looking at things from a different perspective and, and asking for different things from the dancers. No, that's not working, but not realizing that, Oh my God, I've taken on this, this, like I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm M. <laughs> I'm like, but I'm not like, you know, it's just like, it kind of like just transitioned into me. It was like, it's like it absorb. I absorbed that energy once I was put mm-hmm. in that position to create, and yeah. and it was it's awesome. It's, it was awesome thing to, to know that I have that to you know, and so yeah. So I think you know that she she's inspired me in, in, in that way, and I respect that work ethic that she has. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of artists, not a lot of artists have it, but there's a few that have it, and. And she's definitely one of them, you know, mm-hmm. right nowadays people just like throw something on and then they go, there's no rehearsals. There's no process. There's no creative Madonna. process. And, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like that's what makes her the way she is, but that's what makes an artist the way they are, you know, mm-hmm. paying attention to details. And there's a few of them out there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, our listeners might not be planning to do a world tour anytime soon, but what's the best way to get in shape for those type of activities? What would like, before you were going on drown world tour, how were you training yourself to prepare for that monstrosity of a show? Well, I was doing De La Guarda. I was already in shape. So I was in De La Guarda (laughs) when I was, when, yeah, when, before drown world tour. So I was already active, you know, doing physical theater. I was dancing, you know. So, but once I was on tour, I would, my warm-up consisted of, I, you know, we would do ballet class, you know, mm-hmm. with other dancers. We would do like a, a floor grand class. We would stretch every day. Like, we were pretty disciplined in warming up, you know, especially the dancers that were on that tour. They were all like, talented, well-trained dancers that came from very um, strong backgrounds, like Ailey or um, like a lot of studio dancers. Like we had Jamal, we had Christian Vincent, we had Addie, we had Kimba, Damara, who was a gymnast. Like, you know, everybody Mm -hmm. had like strong backgrounds. So 
you know, there was always a warm up before and you could do your own warm up or a lot of us would get together and warm up together. And, but, um, I mean, that was a physically demanding show. I think it might be probably her most physically demanding show. It was, it was really physical. Yeah. Um, they're all physical. It's just, it just, they 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 get lost. Hello. You just forget one tour and the next one. Oh wait, that was really physical, but no. Like, well, you know, Marlene, she did fly in Drowned World. Yeah, so, she did fly. Yeah. Drowned World was, I'm sorry. Drowned World was dope. It was it's one, one of beautiful. my favorite tours she's ever done. It's, it's so good. It's, it's like a painting movie. It's like, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's so theatrical. She it's sings great. in Spanish. That's all I needed. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always just, I remember seeing that show and uh, I, I had seen it like, I think, once in Philadelphia and twice in New York. And I just remembered, I, I, I love watching it, the DVD of it and because it's just the costumes are so on and the music choices and just like the sets and the, the, the cast of the troupe of dancers. The and choreography. Just, oh my it's God. just so wonderful to watch. It's beautiful. Yeah. Reinvention was good too, okay? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, just, I was in that one too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, the, the fact that you were in those two tours, that's amazing to, like, I, I, I mean, I worship both of those shows. I think they're amazing. And it's, I mean, do you, like, are you sad when a tour like that's over? Or are you just sort yeah. of like, okay, I'm glad I don't have, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. No, it's sad. It's like a breakup. Yeah, yeah. it's a breakup. Yeah, I'm sure because you spend the, all that time with stage, a little family and a breakup from the people. Your body likes the break, but you emotionally <laughs> are like, oh, you know, like what am I going to do now? This has been my life, you know, for a year or so, you know, including rehearsals. So it's. It's it's a uh, emotionally you go through it. I mean, for like a few weeks and then you move on. But you know what? I, I'm still friends with a lot of with the dancers from from Drowned and Reinvention. Like I'm still really close to a lot of people, um, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, I'm still close to Dawn. I'm still close to Paul, Jason, like uh, you know, Keen Budge, all these people that I we just never lost contact over the years. Oh, um, so cute. so yeah. It's like, but you know, the the check you miss the check, the pace, <laughs> the, the crowd, the high, the the feeling you get when the audience just goes, ah, you know, there's nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, you get it back on other tours. Like when I did Taylor Swift, it was the same. The, the freaking fans, Taylor Swift's fans are psycho. All those little girls, <laughs> it was crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had gone to. Uh, what was it? Katy Perry's witness tour. Mm. And that was like one of the first non Madonna shows I'd seen in a long time. And the difference in audience, because it was so many young girls at the show. And when those lights went out, the ear piercing scream from all of those little girls, I was taken, I was so shocked because I'm used to, you know, the guys and the deeper voices at a Madonna show. We're also an older audience because, Mm. you know, I mean, there's some young kids, but not like it was a Katy Perry. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. It was like when you watch those old videos of the Beatles, when the yeah, girls were yes, freaking exactly. out. I was like, that's what it was like. <laughs> yes. 
Exactly. So because of lockdown, so many fitness trainers have been using, utilizing social media to help people keep in shape, including yeah. yourself. Um, I know your Instagram live workouts, they're really fun, but they're also really tough. I sweat it through a couple that you did recently. How did you have to evolve your training style for the current lockdown? I, I haven't. Or did you? <laughs> <laughs> She's taking no mercy. She's like, nope, bitches, this is what you know you're going to do. To be honest, like, no, no, I do. I, I mean, obviously, I don't, I'm not really using equipment. So I've had to, you know, um, uh, adjust that a little bit. But I, the workout that I do live is actually my workout as well. Oh. Like, I'm not going to a gym. <laughs> I'm not. So it's my own. So I, I use it as like my platform to train myself. I mean, I don't know if you see it, but I'm like full out and I don't stop and I'm exhausted and I'm sweating my balls off. I don't have balls, but if I had balls and <laughs> you know, and it's also my workout. So I'm giving, I'm doing what I would do. I'm giving you what I would do. So are you coming along with me on this ride or not? And then there's days where I, I make it a little bit like more chill um, but I'm not here to give you a soft workout. What's the point? I'm, we're here to sweat. Mm-hmm. So let's sweat. You know what I mean? Um, also you don't have to do the full hour. You could do 30 minutes. So maybe you just do like lower body or upper body or, you know, the, my plank section or whatever it is. Um, so I, you know, at first I was doing it three times a week, which was great. Um, and then I had to like change it to twice a week. Um, but again, it's, it's my, it's my personal workout as well. And so I'm sharing that with, with y'all. <laughs> um, so I hear I, that everyone listening, if you want to look like Marlene, <laughs> join her on her Instagram lives, she'll kick is. your butt yeah. and you'll look fantastic. <laughs> right. Go to my, my Instagram. I, I post all the videos. I, I haven't done mm-hmm. them in like a week and a half because I was away. So I'm going to start busy. again. Yeah. So next week I'm. I'm going to start back up on Tuesday. So it's Tuesdays and they Thursdays. They, they, she doesn't work out with heels. Don't worry. No, but I will <laughs> be starting a heels um, dance, like fun heels dance class. Um, mm. That won't be, it's not going to feel like, I'm trying, it, it's basically I'm, I'm balancing the professional side with just like, like the beginner side with the intermediate side. So right. it's going to be a little bit of everything. Um, not too hard, but not too easy either. You know what I mean? Right. So, so obviously it won't be like the Girl Gone Wild video where everybody's wearing stilettos. and With the Kazaki heels. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, you wear whatever but, heel you have at home. And if you don't have heels, you can still dance. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not there, exactly. so I can't give you a note. I'm not going to tell you what are you doing. <laughs> but if you record yourself and send me the clip, I'm going to have to give you notes on it. <laughs> and what kind of music do you like to work out to? Well, I usually love house music because I keep hmm. my tempo, consistent tempo, and it you know, keeps the heart rate up. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'll use hip hop, but it's too much. Of, like it's sometimes it's just too too slow, and the energy mm-hmm. is not up enough. But on social media, I, I kind of stick to house music because one, they can't really block me. When, when I use right. pop music, it's just like too dramatic. They're constantly blocking, yeah. but taking you off. You don't have the rights, and it's like, okay, fine. So I just avoid it altogether. You know, that's why I don't do any like playlists. Like I know a lot of fans are like, oh, play Madonna. It's like, no, boo, I can't play no. Madonna. Just because I work for her, <laughs> they allow me to play her music. 
Like it doesn't work right. that way. So I, um, and I plus just, it's I very on brand. That. You're from New York, you know, yeah. so house music. Yeah. Is- I don't, I don't need, to, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, I'm happy with you've you. You've danced enough. Me. You've danced enough to Madonna. You don't need to do it when you're working out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I like to like make, you know, I know fans like to join on and they have requests, but I really can't make those requests because there's no yeah. way it's not possible. Well, so tell everyone when you're doing these, it's, you said Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays, 12 o'clock um, P- uh, Pacific Coast time. So LA time, three, 12, 12 noon, 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. New York um, and Europe. I don't know. Sorry, guys. Evening. <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> an, evening, an evening European workout. If you, want, if you want a late night workout, go ahead. Um, well, there. and you, but you post them to your account so people yeah, can rewatch I always them out. Post them yeah. to my account. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, exactly. You can rewatch them. You could, you know, I have on my uh, IGTV, I have old workouts from the beginning of quarantine um, that you could watch as well. And yeah, there's, there's so many videos. There's enough workouts right now. So if anyone wants to get on one, yeah, exactly. Okay. Put, down so the ben, put down the Ben and Jerry's, cue up a little Marlene Ortiz on your IG and get hopping. Yes. There's no excuse. And when I say that, I'm talking to myself because I need, <laughs> I need to I need to shake my ass yes. a little bit more than I have been. <laughs> hey, guys, I think it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. Oh, is it? I think it might. All right. It? So, Marlene, we do a little Madonna lightning round question. Okay. Um, it's basically... Off the top of your head, wherever you're at in your Madonna journey right now as we speak. Um, favorite Madonna song? Crazy for you. Mm. Favorite Madonna song to work out to? <laughs> Fuck! Ah! <laughs> uh, you know what I actually like? Uh, Revolver. Oh, that's Ooh, a good one. Good one. Good one. Yeah. And then it's oh, that's a good fun. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, favorite Madonna video? Oh shit! Uh, I think I love Human Nature. Oh yeah, good, good, good call. Yeah. yeah, who doesn't love that one? I know. Um, favorite Madonna tour, and yes, it can be one of the ones you were on. I would say, I would say, it would be Reinvention. Not because I was on it, but because she did a lot of the old songs, and mm-hmm. I, it was like, it was, yeah, it was kind of like the best of tour and mm-hmm. she hasn't done that and i think it was really good i think overall oh, it was a great show that like and that fans loved and um yeah i think yeah when I, she I sang crazy for you at yeah. reinvention i mean come do, do you know i i watched every time she watched she sang that song i would sit on the side oh. of the stage <laughs> every single performance I swear to God. Um, yeah, was, you know, con- <laughs> confessions, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. One. Confessions was also a dope one. I love confessions. I was mm-hmm. supposed to be on confessions and I said no to do Tarzan on Broadway because I wanted to have a Broadway experience. Have, have, a, have a Broadway yeah. credit. Yeah. yeah. I felt really bad. I was like, oh my God, I'll never work with her again. <laughs> no, I really did. I was like, she just banned me from her life forever. Um, no, but, you're too uh, good for that. No, we but, know that's not true. No, no, I know. But at the time, I was like, "What am I doing?" I was like, "So <laughs> I was like, "How did?" It was the hardest fucking decision I had to make. I swear. I um, yeah. But yeah, confession was hot and sexy. It was nice. Yeah. I liked it. All right, and last but not least, uh, favorite Madonna look, and it can be from a video, a tour, a photo shoot, whatever. Fuck. I. <laughs> 
I think, oh man, this is hard. Because <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of all the, the looks. I really, can I give you two? Sure. Yes. Okay. No rules. You can do whatever you want. I really like her short hair look in the 90s. Mm-hmm. That was really cute just because it was different. Uh, what album was that? Was that Cherish? That was around that time. Like right? the blonde bob? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah, that was cute. And I loved her confessions look. Oh. With well, the side yeah. flip. Yeah. Little, little 70s goodness. Who sassy, doesn't love that? Yeah, she looked really sexy and sassy. But then I also liked... Um, I, I I like her look in Drown World with the short hair. Mm-hmm. But no, I like I like the Confessions look. Yeah, I mean, one she of my favorites. Looks. I don't really know. I can't remember every yeah. single album. And one of my favorites <laughs> has always been Goth Donna from the Truth or Dare movie premiere when she was like smoky eye, jet black hair. Oh yeah, that's hot. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Yeah. Marlene, tell all of our listeners. Once again, where they can find you on social media, online, if you have a website. And, um, you know, also keep an eye out for the Madame X tour DVD slash presentation, because I'm sure it's going to be out soon, right? Yeah, it'll be out. It'll be out. It'll be out. Awesome. Um, I think everything's like screwed up because of COVID, but I know, it's I know. Ugh, damn COVID. There's no way. There's no way that they will. It won't be released. So, um, yeah. Well, you can find it's me at good. Marlene Ortiz in on Instagram, M A R L Y N O R T I Z, and also MarleneOrtiz.com. Um, yes, and I'll be doing my workouts Tuesdays and Thursdays, twelve noon California time, three p.m. New York East Coast time. Um, what else? What else? <laughs> follow Bobo and, Burlesque. Yeah, yeah follow, follow it all. And whenever we are back out on the streets, uh, I will be front row at a Bobo Burlesque show. So hope you. Yeah, will be there how are you well. guys doing? <laughs> Wait, how long have you been doing this podcast? Is this new? Uh, we've been doing it for a year now. This is our second season. Season two. Season uh. two. Um, yeah, and uh, we're we actually, you know. We're doing it, you know. COVID has increased our, we we were like exactly. bi-week, <laughs> bi-weekly and then COVID came in and we were like, let's just do it every week because we need something to do. Yeah, smart. And here we are <laughs> and, you know, our, our numbers have gone up and, you know, we've got some amazing listeners uh, and fans. So, um, you know, we're, we're very happy and we're also very happy that you uh, came on the show today. Yes, thank you for joining us, Marlene. I'm, I'm so happy that you were able to do this. I've been such a fan of yours for ages. And Aww, yeah, I, thank you. We, I'm glad we got the chance to get to know you and uh, hope our listeners will reach out and you'll maybe get some new clients out of this. Too. Yes, yeah, seriously. Let's go, guys. Let's do it. Um, no, thank you for asking me. I'm sorry for the all the schedule changes. It was just like, listen, we know you're busy. Whether it's like, Hey, if someone gave me the chance to be like, okay, you're going to go to Jamaica with Madonna or you can podcast. I'd be like, sorry, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But thanks again, Marlene. I want to, no problem. No problem. And I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. uh, We appreciate you guys so much and we look forward to our next episode. You can find us on Instagram at MLVC podcast. You can also find us online at MLVC podcast.com. And 
anywhere and everywhere uh, you listen to podcasts. I actually uh, just found out that we were added to Google Play. So nice. uh, we've been on Google Play. Haven't yeah. we been on Google Play? I thought, I've been, uh, thought we've been telling everybody that we've been on Google Play. They have they have a new uh, podcast uh, platform. So we've been oh, added to Oh, that. that's so, awesome. Fancy. Yeah, so if you're an, an Android user, you'll be able to find us easier there. there oh, that's go. cool. Yeah. So thanks again, Marlene. No and thank you guys. Thank hope- you for inviting me. And thanks for supporting my boss. This is so cool that you guys do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually I had told her I spoke I was one of the, the little beer chat people at the Madame X tour in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. and my one thing I wanted to do before I I let her get back on stage, I, I was telling myself. Stefan, don't let her get back up on stage unless you tell her about the podcast. <laughs> and so she's like, all right, I have to get back to the show. And I was like, oh, Madonna, I have a podcast dedicated all to you. And she's like, she's looking at me like, what? <laughs> and I, I, gave, I gave her my little business card that said MLVC, the Madonna podcast. Yeah. And so she was Aww. like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Aww. Cool. That's oh, cool. Madonna. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, oh. thanks, thanks again, everyone. Thanks, Marlene. Thanks for no uh, thanks Thank for joining you guys. us. Yes. Thank you for All having right. me. We'll talk to you guys later. Okay, thanks, Thank guys. you soon. Okay. Bye. You Bye. too. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Bye.